The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the fateful day when spam email was unleashed on unsuspecting inboxes all across the virtual world. The day was May 3rd, 1978. Marketing manager Gary Thurk sent the first unsolicited mass email, or as it's better known today, spam. The message advertised the latest computers on offer from Thurk's employer, the Digital Equipment Corporation, or DEC. As a marketer, Thurk wanted to get his product in front of as many potential buyers as possible, but in the late 1970s, the average consumer wasn't in the market for their own computing system. After all, the internet didn't exist yet, and it would be another two decades before most Americans had their own email addresses. At the time, there were only about 2,600 people in the country who could send and receive electronic mail. They did so through a secure government-funded network called ARPANET a research project open primarily to Defense Department employees and researchers. Thurk had a hunch this group might be interested in his product, 
so he sent an ad to 397 ARPANET addresses, along with an invitation to attend a product demonstration. This early example of e-marketing proved to be a huge success. Thurk later claimed it brought in about $13 million in sales. On the downside, though, he was immediately hit with numerous complaints from ARPANET users, including a researcher at the University of Utah who was unable to use his computer because the spam emails had taken up all his company's disk space. Thurk also received a harsh scolding from the government. An ARPANET representative called him soon after the email blast, and as Thurk put it, quote, He chewed me out and made me promise never to do it again. Gary Thurk may have invented spam, but he definitely didn't call it that in 1978. Back then, spam meant just one thing, spiced ham. And more specifically, the canned spiced ham produced by Hormel Foods. The word wouldn't be applied to junk email until about 15 years later, when early internet users started referring to online ads as spam. Despite how that might sound, the term actually wasn't a jab at Hormel's low-cost pork product. Instead, it was a reference to a sketch from a 1970 episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. What you got then? Well, there's egg and bacon, uh, egg, sausage and bacon, egg and spam, egg, bacon and spam, egg, bacon, sausage and spam. In the famous sketch, a customer at a restaurant hopelessly tries to order something that doesn't contain spam, only to learn that it's a key ingredient in just about every item on the menu. As the server explains the relative spam content of the various dishes, the other customers begin chanting spam in approval. Why can't you have egg, bacon, spam and sausage? That's got spam in it! Not as much as spam, egg, sausage and spam. I don't like spam! Soon, the repeated word drowns out everything else, taking up all the space on the menu and all the oxygen in the room. I don't like spam! Well, don't make a fuss, dear. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, 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 baked beans, spam, spam, and spam. Baked beans are off! Well, can I have spam instead? You mean spam, 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 Make of this what you will, but in the early days of the internet, Monty Python fans made up a sizable portion of the user base. So when unsolicited emails began piling up in their inboxes, pushing things they didn't want to buy, the group knew just the word to describe that intrusive visual noise. Soon after, spam was widely adopted as a catch-all term for unwanted emails, a fact that thrills Hormel to no end, I'm sure. Spam email is inescapable today, but that wasn't always the case. When Gary Thurk sent his first unsolicited ad, it annoyed so many people that no one sent another one for about 10 years. Eventually, though, as more and more people went online, spam came back, and with a vengeance. Pitching a product, a service, or a cause was suddenly easier than ever. You didn't need a targeted list of potential customers, you could just send your message out en masse and see if anyone bit. Most people wouldn't respond, but the few who did were easy money. The practice became even more streamlined with the introduction of botnets in the early 2000s, allowing a user to send millions more junk emails every day. 
Of course, Gary Thurk had no way of knowing that his simple marketing campaign would grow into such a wide-scale public nuisance. That is what happened, though, and as a result, he's now considered the father of spam email. It's a title he grudgingly bears, even though he doesn't think he deserves it. In Thurk's eyes, the email blast he sent was plain old e-marketing, not spamming. The difference, according to him, is that the majority of people who receive spam don't want it. The senders are working from an unqualified list of recipients. In contrast, the email he sent advertising computers was highly targeted. Everyone who got it had an established interest in computers just by virtue of being online in 1978. Even if you aren't swayed by Gary's reasoning, it still isn't fair to blame him for the trillions of spam emails that are now sent every year. Sure, it's a problem that sprang from his invention, but as he aptly pointed out himself, quote, you don't blame the Wright brothers for every flying problem. Once a marketer, always a marketer. <laughs> I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can write to us directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Just please, no spam. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side -side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.